Y'all better watch out because when I used to evangelize, I used a handheld mic. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it'll come out. Let me start. Make sure we have our focus and attention. But as I think of mamas and I think of how many times that we think of mothers and we read poems that talk about mama's love, we read and continually hear articles that describe a woman as being tender-hearted cards that talk about her sweetness and her smile. Poem after poem is written about their compassion, their heart, and there's even some that talk about mama's hands, mama's tears, and mama's laugh, and even mama's cooking. No on doubt that mamas are special, and undoubtedly there is certain attributes that mamas have. But I think that there is one attribute of a mama that we don't talk about as much. And this morning, I want to bring attention to that one thing about a mama that has held many of our families together. Come on, somebody. Anybody got a mama that held it together? Come on. If she wasn't there, it all fell apart. Come on. And then I realized that some of you mamas are sitting here this morning, and you are the one that have kept it from falling apart. See, I'm talking about this morning, I want to talk to you to the mamas that have fighting faith. Faith that's, come on, not, I, I don't want to talk about the tender heart of a mama. I don't want to talk about the, the sweet smile of a mama. I want to talk about the faith to fight. I want to talk to some mamas this morning that have held it together. When all hell come against you, that if you would have backed up, if you would have bowed down, it all would have broke apart. But because you stood in the face of adversity, because you stayed on your knees, because you kept praying, things continued to move forward. I want to talk to that mama this morning that has fighting faith. Yes, fight. I want you to know that the Lord told me this morning that there are some spiritual warriors in the house this morning. There are some women that you have carried your family when everyone else was saying, just quit. It's over. Woo. Mm. Just give up, my God. Quit fighting. But this morning, I know that there are some of you women that are here, and I know by the Spirit of God that there are some of you that you have fought battles, you have faced battles that most men in this house couldn't. Come on, let's talk about it. I know that there are some women here this morning, and right now in the natural, you have on your pretty dress, your makeup is done, your hair is fluffed, you're smelling right, your smile is ear to ear. You're in your heels, looking like you're fresh from the salon. But now by the Spirit, I can see that there are women of God that are warriors. And here you sit, not with a dress on, but, but sit in dented, scratched, marred armor. Under your makeup is a fat lip and bruises from your adversary. Your hair cannot be seen because you refuse to remove the helmet of your salvation. The smell that's coming from you is the smell of a warrior who has slayed 10,000 enemies and never even talked about it. You stood over them in victory and your smile is still a smile because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is there any women that know what it's like to war this morning? I'm talking about a mama that's got faith to fight. Don't be confused, boys. Those stilettos ain't stilettos. Those are boots that are made for war and they're carrying the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this morning, here you sit, looking fresh, fit, and like you got it all together. But I want you to know this morning that God had you come here 
because there are women right now under the sound of my voice and you're in the fight of your life. You're in the fight of your faith. And in the meantime, you've been asked to just hold it all together. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you that at the entrance of your word there is light. Light that reveals for your word is a lamp unto our feet for our darkened path. God, I thank you this morning that people that walked in here in darkness, they will walk out in light. God, I thank you that as your word comes, God, it will cut, it will convict, and it will compel, and it will even comfort. God, I thank you this morning that as your word goes forward, it will not return void. Father, I thank you this morning for the women of God, for the mamas that were willing to fight, for the mamas that are still fighting, for the ones that are holding it all together when everyone else said just quit. Father, I pray this morning that your words that you've put in me, God, as a vessel, God will reach the hearts and the heads and the ears of your women, Father. And not just the women, God, but even of the men that they would recognize. God, that we would recognize, that we would have an understanding, God. Lord, of, of the battles of our wives, the battles of our mamas, the battles of those that sit to our left, the, those that we, we talk to daily and we don't see it. But God, I thank you this morning, God, for the faith to fight, God, and that you've chosen, God. You've chosen some Esthers. God, you've chosen some lionesses. God, to arise and to conquer. Father, I declare by the Spirit of God that indeed this is the year of the mama bear. Woo! Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you are putting things on her not to weigh her down, but to condition her in strength. God, that while she feels weary, it is actually working in resistance training. It is building her body spiritually, fortifying her faith, and distinguishing her destiny. God, I thank you this morning that she is moving forward from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And this morning, God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And all the church said... Amen and amen. You know, as I was even preparing the last few final things on this morning's message, I was on social media. There's a national prophet by the name of Jeremiah Johnson that shared something. Literally, when I was in study this morning, and he had posted it one hour. So right about the time that I was in there, and it's so crazy to me, I'll talk about it a little bit this morning, is even the concept, you know, we... We look at women and we look at mamas and we, we look at them and, and, and yeah, they sweet, you know, they're, 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 they'll coddle you, they'll hold you, they'll love you. There's nothing like a mama's love. But listen to me, there's also a distinction in the animal kingdom that if I was going on a hike and I came up on a woods, in the woods, and I came up on a, a mama bear in those woods, it would be extremely dangerous if she had cubs with her. Do you hear what I'm saying? So that there is an understand, my God, hear me. So there is an understanding, and there is even a there is even a a a a, a, um, a a declaration that goes over the concept that if you're in the woods and you see a bear, it's usually okay. But if you ever see a bear, a mama bear with cubs, you better get away as fast as you can because you don't ever want to get in between the mama bear and the cubs. Listen to me. As I was in prayer over this message, even this morning, I felt like the Lord was saying that He was. Raising up a mama bear mentality for some of you. Listen to me, because there are things that have tried to come between you and them. 
And see, what God is doing in this hour is he is raising up mamas. He is raising up mamas that will not back up. He's raising up mamas that won't bow down. He's raising up mamas that ain't scared to fight. They're not going to fight with fists. They're going to fight with faith. And they're going to war in the spiritual. They'll be doing things in the heavenly. And it'll be shifting in the natural. And you won't even know it until it's over. And so there is literally, there is a, there is a, there is a mama bear. And anyways, I get up this morning, a national prophet, Jeremiah Johnson, posts this, this thing that, that he got a word in April that declared that this was the year of the mama bear. And I said, okay, I hear you, Lord. So I want to preach to you this morning on the faith to fight, but I want to specifically talk to you women that are here this morning. And the truth of it is, is you are fighting battles that you don't to tell anybody about. Psalms 46 and verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Creation shows that the mother that is willing to fight is the mama bear. God is with her, is what the psalmist writes. God is with her. She shall not be moved. Uh, can I encourage some of you women and mamas that are here this morning that you feel like everything is trying to move you. You feel like everything is standing against you. But God is with her. That is the proclamation that gives us the definition that she will not be able to be moved. Because God is with her. She shall not be moved. By your you'll be moved. Come on. In relationships, you'll be moved. By people, you'll be moved. But when you are with him and he is with you, I shall not be moved. I can't be moved into fear. I can't be moved into lack. I can't be moved into worry. I can't be moved into anxiety. I can't be moved into distress. I can't be moved into depression. Why? Not because I'm brilliant, but because God is with me, I shall not be moved. This morning, I want to tell you a story out of Second Samuel that tells us about a mother that was full of faith to fight. And here's the crazy thing. She was willing to fight for what everyone else would proclaim as dead, and indeed it was dead. But I think the concept of this story is far more powerful on the fact that she wasn't fighting for what was dead. She was fighting for what was left. Whew. Can I talk to some mamas this morning? That if the truth really be told, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead, dead. It stinks. It's dead. But, uh, but God's not asking you to believe necessarily even for a resurrection. What he is asking you is just to have the faith to fight for what's left. Second Samuel, let's go to the story and, and, and we'll talk about it. Second Samuel uh, uh, chapter 21 verse, verse 1. Second Samuel 21 and verse 1 says, now there was a famine in the days of David for three years and year after year. And David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered. And he said, it's because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house because he had killed the Gibeonites. So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. And now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but were of remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn protection to them. But Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. And therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And with what shall I make atonement? That you may bless the inheritance of the Lord. And the Gibeonites said to him, We will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his house, nor shall you kill any man, any man in Israel for us. So he said, Whatever you say, I will do for you. 
And then they answered the king, and as the man who consumed us uh, plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel. Let seven men, talking about Saul's descendants, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Geba of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And the king said, I will give them. But the king spared Meshubatheb and the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So the king took Amorni and Meshubatheb and the two sons of Rizpah and the daughter of Ai, whom she bore to Saul, and the five sons of Mechel, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up from Edrael, the son of Bezrael and the Methulanite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them on the hill before the Lord. And so they fell, all seven together, and they were put to death in the days of harvest, and in the first days in the beginning of the barley harvest. Now we'll catch this, ready? Now Rispah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock. And from the beginning of the harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven, and she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. And David was told what Rispah, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. Rispa, Rispa, just say that name with me this morning, Rispa. Rispa just sounds like somebody that'd be willing to fight you. Like if you want your daughter to be tough and beat people up, like you give her a name like Rispa. Like y'all better watch out, Rispa coming. You know what I mean? Like I could imagine they say something like Rispa's from the ridge. You know, <laughs> like. Rispa's tough. Rispa has tenacity. Rispa ain't scared to fight. Rispa would say things like, back up before I throat punch you, you know? Rispa, a name like Rispa just sounds like, like it's a name like, I, 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 I'm tough. But see, what the story of 2 Samuel really tells us, you ready, is about a mama that was willing to fight. We find in the context of it, and I know that, you know, some of you, 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 you maybe don't catch it because the hard names throw you off, but let me break it down for you. Saul is dead. David is king. But because of Saul's killing spree and the violation of the vow to peace with the Gibeonites, the Gibeonites require the, the, the lives of seven of Saul's descendants. So caught in the crossfire of, of two sons and his concubine, Rispah, who along with five others are drug out on the hill and hung. And this is where the sermon comes in. Because this is where the mama, watch this, I want you to understand what the Bible tells us. That the sons, the seven sons are hung up on the hill. And as they are hung up on the hill, they are strung up and hung up. And they would be left there. And watch this, the reason why they would be left there is not just in the sake of, of, of them dying, but in the sake of declaration. Like, if you cross us, this will happen to you. The Gibeonites were making a message. They were saying that is, if, if you do to us uh, like he did to us, this is what's going to happen to you. And so for months during the time of the harvest, during that whole time, these seven sons are dead up on the hill. These seven sons are dead. And, and as they're there, the, the Bible says that Rispa 
gathers sackcloth and places it on the rock and she sits there all day and all night and as the birds and the beasts come in she begins to swat away everything that's trying to eat what's left of her sons she's fighting for what's left of her sons she doesn't want them to be completely defiled. She's making a declaration that though the birds are coming in, though the beasts would come in and try to devour what's left, Rispa said, I will fight. I will continue to fight even for what's left that may look dead. It may look done, but I will fight the birds and the beasts so you can't have what's left. Come on, Rispa. Come on, Rispa. The key verse, though, is it said that he delivered them into the hands. Verse 9, he delivered them in the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hung them on the hill before the Lord. And so they fell, all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth, spread it for herself on the rock, from the beginning of harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. My, oh my, what a story about how Rispa would fight. Watch this. I need you to catch this because so many of you quit fighting when it died. So many of you quit fighting when it died. Come on, let, let, let's, let's deal with death this morning. Let's deal with the death of dreams. Let's deal with the death of a marriage. Let's deal with the death of a child. Let's deal with the death of a business. Let's deal with the death of a clean bill of health. Let's deal with the death because so many quit fighting when it died. But see, the Bible said that when they died, it was activation for Rispa to get to fighting. Can I talk to you and ask you what happens when faith comes alive after it dies? What happens when your faith really isn't activated until it really is over? Come on, somebody. And so what we find is that even after death, of something God is still requiring there to be a fight see I think it's amazing to me that the Bible says that when Jesus was called for with Lazarus it wasn't until after he died see real faith isn't activated until man can't do anything else see when you lose all ability for man to recover anything that's where God says now I can step in can I tell you that we don't we we serve a God that that often waits till stage four is proclaimed we wait, come on, we serve a God that says, I'll step in when the doctors say there's nothing more we can do. See, but often what we find out is that faith is activated after things die. So Rispa goes to the hill and begins to fight, and she fights for months. This isn't a couple hours. This isn't a couple weeks. This is months. Through the whole harvest season, Rispa is fighting. She's fighting off the things that are trying to devour what's left. Can I talk to the mama this morning that you feel like, watch this, that what you're fighting for is dead. 
And many of you even say, well, what's the, what's the use? What's the purpose? What good is it even doing? It's done. It'll never be anything. I don't know if, I don't know if it ever amounts to anything. I, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But God is saying, watch this, that what you don't realize is that you are fighting right in the midst of your harvest season. You are fighting right in the midst of a moment where God said, now is the time for the gathering. What you sowed, you shall reap. And while you were fighting, you were fighting right in the midst of your harvest season. Mama, don't you quit because it's hard. This season is the harvest season. See, God is looking for some mothers that will burn burn for him. You know what the name Rispa actually means? Catch this. The name Rispa means white hot stone. A white hot stone. Let me tell you something. Not too many stones get white hot, but there is one. Anybody know what charcoal is? See, charcoal is a stone that starts off pitch black, but the hotter it gets, the whiter it gets. And the hot, oh yeah, come on. The, the hottest, watch this, her name means white hot stone. See, the trick of, of, of charcoal is this, that often when it's burning at its hottest, you don't know it. You can't judge it by sight. But what you can do is judge it by how white it is. The whiter it is, the hotter it is. See, and I believe that there's some people here this morning, there's some rispers here this morning, that you're a white hot stone. People looking at you and they're saying, yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, she's got it together. But they don't know about the fire of the Holy Ghost that's burning down inside of you that can't nobody see until they get close enough to feel it. Mm. See, it's here that we find out that this white hot stone, it will burn so hot that it turns white. But the dangers of charcoals is, is that this white, it's, 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 it's white to the look, but it's hot to the touch. See, and I believe that the enemy, watch this, I believe that the enemy has miscalculated some of y'all. I believe what he has done is he has looked at you and he has, he has judged you based only on perception. He has looked at you and said, oh, she's not much. Oh, she's not going to be much. She ain't and what he did is he miscalculated you by the way that you look. Come on, Rispa. He miscalculated you by the way that you look because what he doesn't know is he doesn't know the hell that you have been through and the fire that you have walked through and the very fire that you went through is now on you and you're burning and fighting, burning and fighting, burning and fighting for the glory of God. See, God is looking for some mothers that will burn white hot for him. Women full of the Holy Ghost. Women that will not be moved when the fires of life come to burn their families, but rather they will fight fire with fire. And they will fight fire with faith. The first thing that I want you to understand about this story is this, that it wasn't as much as about what Rispa fought for as much as it was where she fought from. Did you catch that? It wasn't about as much as what she was fighting for, as much as it was about where she fought from. It was about where she fought from. Check your feet this morning, Rispa. Check your feet. If you're in the fight of your life, I tell you this morning, check your feet. 
I like what the New Living Translation says in 2 Samuel 21 and 9. It says, Then Rispa, the daughter of Ai, the mother of two of the men, spread burlap on the rock and stayed there the entire harvest season fighting the birds and the beasts. Watch this. She spread her burlap or sackcloth on the rock. What you need to understand about the Bible is that sackcloth is always a representation of something called repentance. Watch this. So she spread the sackcloth on the rock. She spread her repentance, her remorse, her humility on the rock. Can I tell you something? That we need mothers that will fight all day and all night in the spirit of repentance and humility. Mama, you want God to move in your house? You want God to move in your marriage? You want God to move in your children's life? What if you started repenting for them? What if, what if repentance was coming from your mouth? See, Rispa spread her sackcloth on the rock. She made the declaration of repentance when everyone else was saying, it's dead, it's done, just go home, enjoy the harvest. Rispa was saying, no, I'm not fighting for it, I'm fighting from it. My position will be on the rock. The sackcloth had to be laid on the rock. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. And it says, and all drank from the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. Did you catch it? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that Jesus Christ is the rock. Did you catch it? Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the firm foundation. All other ground is sinking sand. Mama, listen to me. You're in a fight this morning. You're in a fight for your faith. You're in a fight for your family. You're in a fight of your life. You got to get on the rock. Rispa got on the rock. The rock has a name. His name is Jesus. He is a rock that will not be moved. The winds can come. The rains can blow. But the rock shall not be moved. Blessed is the man who built his house on the rock that when the winds came and the winds blew, the house stood. But great was the fall of the house that was built on the sand. Listen to me, Rispa. Get on the rock this morning. Get on the rock. Rispa fought from the rock. She fought from the rock. She fought the bird. She fought the beast from the rock. Do you understand that there are things that want to attack your family? There are things that want to attack your marriage. There are things that want to attack your children. Rispa, get on the rock and fight from the rock. Fight from the rock. See, the lesson to be learned here from Rispa is this. She laid her sackcloth on the rock for which she would stand to fight and she wouldn't leave until the harvest was over. Did you catch it? That she stayed there all during harvest season. In other words, she wouldn't leave until harvest was over. Mama, listen to me. Some of you got to get back on the rock. You quit fighting because everyone that walked by you said it's dead and it's done. It's over. But you got to get back on the rock and keep fighting until the harvest is over. It ain't over until God says it's over. It ain't done until he says that he's done. Get on the rock and fight from the rock. It's a beautiful picture that Rispa lays for us that we would lay our repentance on Jesus Christ. That she laid the sackcloth on the rock and she stood on the rock and fought from the rock for months for what was left. What a beautiful picture that we 
as the beloved of God. When we come to God and we, 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 we put our faith in Jesus Christ alone, we lay our repentance upon him. The Bible said in Isaiah 53 that he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. It was there that we find that he was led as a lamb before his shear, opened not his mouth. He was bruised and beaten, despised and rejected, all so that we could go free. Rispa lays the sackcloth on the rock. She lays her repentance on the rock. In the same manner, we have to lay our wrongdoings on the rock. We have to lay our sins on the rock where the blood of Jesus atones and watches this, gives us a position to fight from. See, if you, are, if you ain't on the rock, you can't fight. Let me talk to the mama that feels like she's getting her tail kicked this morning. The reason why your tail's getting kicked is because you ain't on the rock. You got to get on the rock. If you ain't on the rock, you can't fight. As we lay our repentance on Jesus Christ, it's there he becomes the rock in which we fight from. And we don't leave until the harvest is over. God, give me the courage to fight for my family like Rispa. God, give me the strength to stand on you and you alone. Let me fight my battles only standing on you, Jesus. In the middle of my darkest night, give me the eyes of Rispa to fight the beast of the night, to fight the birds of the night that would love to devour my children. Come on, I'm saying some prayers of Rispa in this house this morning. God, give me the endurance to fight like Rispa until the harvest is over, until I can no longer reap but have gathered all for your glory. I wish somebody would speak right now over your life, over your home. God, let me fight from the rock. God, let me fight from the rock. Come on, mama, say that. God, let me fight from the rock. See, 1 Corinthians tells us the rock is Jesus Christ. He is the rock. He is the rock. Listen to me this morning. God is looking for mamas that will put her faith in the fight. It's amazing to me. Musicians, you can come on. I'm done. It's amazing to me that Rispa wasn't called to go revive her sons. Rispa was just feel, willing to fight for what's left. And I felt so compelled this morning to come in here and talk to some mamas that if the truth be told, that what you're up against, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. But God's asking you, rather than fight for it to live again, Will you just fight for what's left? Will you just fight for what's left? I don't know, mama, what's left of your marriage. I don't know what's left of the children, the relationship with your children. I don't know what's left of, of the ministry. I don't know what's left of your calling. I don't know what's left of your faith. But God is asking you this morning, will you just fight for what's left? Not for it to live again. Not to see it resurrected. Yes, I am the resurrection and the life. But if I don't choose to resurrect it, will you still fight for what's left? Will you still fight? for what's left. Some of you are in the position of Rispa right now. There's something in front of you and it looks dead. It looks like a dead end. It could be a dead marriage. It could be a dead ministry, a dead job. You hear me this morning, woman of God. God told me to tell you this morning that the same power, the same power 
The same power that conquered the grave is alive in you. Luke 11 and 25, Jesus meeting Mario after the resurrection says there, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Stand with me all over this house. Keep that scripture up on the screen for me. There's something so powerful that I've missed so many times. I've preached that text so many times during resurrection seasons of, 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 of Easter. But there's something so powerful in this text. He said to her, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Though he may die, he shall live. There's a concept that we find out that, yes, we know Jesus is the death, burial, resurrection, the life, the way, the truth. He's all of that. But listen to me. Though he may die, he shall live. The amazing part of this right here in this moment is that we understand that there is life after death. There is life after death. I need to tell that to some mama that's here this morning and you know that what you're fighting for is dead. Mm. There is life after death. Though it dies, 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 though death is dead, though death really does happen, he shall live. There is life after death. Some of you are fighting for what your friends are calling dead. Some of you have people in your ear that are telling you, just go home. See, I believe Rizma didn't just have to shoo away the birds and didn't have to shoo away the beast. I believe Rizma had to shoo away some voices too. I believe there was some naysayers that swooped down on Rizma and said, Rizma, what are you doing? They're dead. They're not coming back. Just leave. Just go home. Rizma said, I cannot leave the rock. I'm not fighting for them to live. I'm fighting for what's left. I'm fighting for what's left. See, she was fighting for a God that can restore all that the canker worm has destroyed. It's amazing to me, though, that Rispa fought for approximately three months. Three months. And in closing, 2 Samuel 21 and 11 says this, and this is your promise this morning. 2 Samuel 21 and 11. And David was told what Rispa, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. See, the fight of Rispa, not willing to give up, but to fight for her family, her persistence reached and touched the ears of the king. Because Rispa would not quit, because Rispa would not stop, because Rispa would not back up, because Rispa would not bow out, because Rispa would not throw in the towel. The, what, the report of what Rispa had done had reached the ears of the king. Listen to me, mama. If you don't quit, if you don't back up, if you don't stop, if you keep fighting for what's left, the report is reaching the ears of the king.
persistence is touching the ears of the king. His name is Jesus. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And watch, he speaks Psalms 46 and 5 over your life that God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. He shall help her just at the break of dawn. You've touched the heart and the ears of the king. Your help is coming. And I see the breaking of a dawn that weeping may endure through the night, but joy cometh in the morning. As we close out this morning, I just felt this tug that if you're here this morning, mama, and you'd be willing, you'd be transparent, and you're just in the fight of your faith, would you come to this altar right now this morning? Would you come to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus? And would you say to him, would you say to him, Lord, give me the, give me the faith to continue to fight. I'm not, I'm not fighting for my results. I'm not fighting for my outcome. I'm just fighting for what's left. God, give me the faith just to continue to fight. Come on, Mama. If you're in a battle this morning and you're feeling that tug, you're feeling that pull, and you're saying, I'm coming, I'm coming. Come on. Come on, Dominion. Celebrate with me as they come. These are mamas that have been fighting. They've been of you that you wanted to see it live again oh but it's not it's not going to at least not now God said the faith that I'm requiring of you is not to see it live again the faith that I'm requiring of you is a faith that just fights for what's left your job in this season, watch this. Your job in this season is to keep the birds away, to keep the beast away. Be a woman of prayer. Be a woman of fasting. Be a woman that anoints her house with oil. Be a woman in the word. Be a woman that seeks God. Be a woman. Be that Proverbs 31 mama that rises up early in the morning. That is more precious than rubies and jewels. Be that woman. Shoo away the birds. Shoo away the beast. And get rid of the naysayers and say, I'm fighting from the rock. And I'm fighting.